The following podcast has been paid for by Perch on the Top Rope. to send our thoughts and condolences to the friends and family of Scott Hall. We will now play a 10-bell salute in honor of Scott Hall's career. Hey, yo, you know why we're here, ladies and gentlemen, unfortunately, a few days ago, we lost one of the good ones, Scott Hall, Razor Ramon, the Diamond Stud, he's known by many names, unfortunately, he left this earth a few days ago, and tonight, the show, as Lee had priorly said, is dedicated to the memory of of Razor Ramon, Scott Hall. So when I first started watching wrestling, I knew him as Razor Ramon. I didn't know the rich history that he had in AWA or in New Japan Pro Wrestling. And it was more of me not knowing more of the New Japan Pro Wrestling because I could go back at the time it was ESPN uh, Classic mm-hmm. And they replayed the AWA stuff. So I was able to watch him with the likes of his tag team partner, Kurt Henning. You know, they were former AWA tag team champions. So I was able to go back and watch that. I never knew about the New Japan stuff until like way later, like NWO Scott Hall came about. Because at that point they were going over to Japan in wrestling in New Japan because WCW New Japan had that partnership. And then you would hear the commentators and if you watched and were a a, a tape trader, you could watch his old New Japan stuff. And of course it was in Japanese, but you know, certain tape traders would have everything like translated for you. And it was absolutely crazy. Um, And you would sit there and, and see the commentators of New Japan talking about Scott Hall, you know, from that WCW NWO works that they had. Just awesome stuff. Great wrestler. Uh, I think Hulk Hogan said it best. Hulk Hogan had uh, karaoke at his at his bar beat shop thing that he's got down in Florida. Brian Parkhurst was there for it, actually, <laughs> uh, because we have a video of it on our YouTube, youtube.com slash person on the top rope. He um, he was talking about Scott Hall and said Scott was a great guy. 
yeah, he might not have always done the right or best things in life, but Scott as a person was a great person. And I think when we see everything on Twitter from all the wrestlers tweeting about him, Matt Cardona, the image of him holding Razor Ramon's Intercontinental Championship when he won it, and obviously Matt was there as a young fan, but then when Matt won it at WrestleMania, he went to find Scott Hall so Scott Hall could hold his Intercontinental Championship. Things like that, you know, those those memories that the wrestlers themselves has, have brought up have been really, really amazing. And another one that, you know, really touched base with me and, and hit the feels pretty hard was Sean Waltman. Sean had done a post of Scott Hall while in the NWO when Sean at that point, known as Six, had the the um the T shirt mm-hmm. with like the eight ball, but it was a six instead, you know, the the, the you know, for pool. Mm-hmm. And and his tweet has said something about, you know, when I had broken my neck, Scott wore this shirt out every week to make sure that I wasn't forgotten about and guys like him and Hogan and stuff like that would cat call me during their their promos and he said that it was stuff like that that made Scott a good person and the fact that he would help put over a lot of people and for me my favorite match of of Scott and I know I'm talking a lot of I'm sorry. My favorite was him in WWF. It was Razor Ramon. A young 17-year-old making his WWF debut, known as Jeff Hardy, defeated Razor Ramon by countout. Now, I know the whole match. Jeff, like... Is a squash match, basically. Literally no offense. Goldust comes out, Dustin Rhodes, and interferes in the match. His music plays, and he comes out, and he's at the entrance and everything like that. And it causes Razor to go out, and he gets counted out. But can you imagine being a young 17-year-old kid? You're coming in on your debut, seemingly expected to lose. It's WWF. You're a talent enhancement. That's usually what's supposed to happen. But instead you're going over. And you're going over a man who's in the middle of an intercontinental feud with gold dust. Like imagine like you're that young kid. You're you're that 17 year old Jeff Hardy. What does that mean to Jeff Hardy today? And it's funny that you bring that up. Because I was going to make the point, And this ties into Jeff. That Razor has touched so many people's careers in good ways if it weren't for razor there's a multitude of stars that would not be as big as they are today you think of some of jeff hardy's greatest moments from earlier in his career his win over razor one two three kid his win over razor gold dust his feud with razor zach Ryder's one day intercontinental title reign is remembered over probably 80% of Intercontinental title reigns. And part of that was also because of that backstage picture with Razor. That's 
four career-defining moments for four different superstars that fans still remember to this day because of Razor Ramon. Razor was selfless when it came to creating other people. He used his star power to lift others up. Goldberg in WCW is another, uh, you know, he's another example of that. Him along with the NWO, you know, Goldberg, Sting, all of these guys. Razor was so selfless when it came to putting others over to help their careers while making sure that he kept his machismo. He kept his way about himself. He never got buried like we see some people get today because he knew how the business worked and he knew how to protect himself and others. And it's extremely respectable. Yeah, you you can't go wrong, man, dude. Just a phenomenal... I've met him. I've been able to meet him. I met him at Heroes Hideout. It was him, Kevin Nash, and another Click member that's rarely spoken about about the Click, just incredible. So when those guys would take breaks, they would shut the door because they were in a separate room. At this point, I'm actually working for Ringside News at the time as a journalist. I only do interviews, so I never never the the article stuff. I don't like that. Plus, $2 articles ain't worth it to me. Right. <laughs> so it was really cool, though. Um, they shut the door, and I'm there as, like, really just a fan because the only person I was there to interview that day was just incredible, and it was for Sabu's autobiography um, as a foreword. Mm-hmm. He, you know, they, the guys would shut the door, but they allowed me to stay in there, you know, and Scott, Kevin, Justin are talking, you know, they're conversing with us in the room. Cause there was a couple other people in the room that worked for the store, you know, getting them water if they, you know, food, things like that. And I'll tell you what, man, I, I remember it, you know, meeting him. He did the whole, Hey, yo thing when you met him, you NWO did, you know, did the NWO hand thing, the gesture there. You know, he he had the the black vest with the red dripping down. It was really, really cool. He was really, really personable with every person who was in that room because I stayed the entire time. He was really personable. And the specific thing that I remember him talking about the most was he was talking about Paige. He was a huge Paige fan in WWE. So that was like a big thing that he talked about that I remember. But it's a very, very unfortunate thing uh, for fans who don't know what happened. Scott was in for hip surgery, and unfortunately, um, a blood clot had loosened and went to the heart and caused three heart attacks. Kevin Nash is the one who who broke the news about everything, really, on Instagram. And he made a beautiful post about how he knew he was saying goodbye to his brother, his best friend, um, and that the family were going to get together to say their goodbyes, and they were going to take him off life support. Scott put up one hell of a fight like Scott did and always did in the ring. I believe it was noted that he was taken off around noon 
and he lived for another five, six hours. And it may have even been longer than that, because from what people have thought so far, it's most likely assumed that Scott passed right before Raw started. So, if that's being said, and that is true, that's solid six, seven, eight hours. So, like I said, he made sure that he went over strong in the end. Yep. And he still put everybody else over in a way that only Scott can. Yeah, and... <laughs> um, yeah, because right before Raw, I believe I texted you about it. And then, as Raw opened up, we saw the in memory of Scott Hall, Razor Ramon, and and his the, his birth date in twenty twenty two. And a lot of people were shocked, but a lot of people also weren't on social media because Raw was starting. So WWE was actually the ones who confirmed Scott Hall's death. They had gotten they had gotten the confirmation. And then they announced it. Uh, fans were confused. There were some fans that immediately went to Facebook groups and was like, that's it? That's all they're doing? Me, being a reasonable person, knew that with such a quick that happening, it was very hard to put some sort of package together. Uh, and if things looked familiar in his package, it was because it was a lot of pulling from DVDs. Uh, you got to do what you can with what you have with on such a, a short time constraint. Uh, we know what that's like trying to video edit. It, I was going to say, you've seen it with me with the videos for our YouTube page before. Um, it's, it's hard to get that together so quickly. And um, it's just... They didn't have the time. Yeah. They didn't have the time to put it together. But the stuff you did see in their video package later on in the show during Raw, for only a short amount of time that they were able to have to make that video, it was awesome. Yeah. And you know they're going to do something. They're going to do something. And the way Raw opened up with Kevin Owens coming out and he did the Hey Yo, that was touching. And... The rest of the night, all I had hoped for were to see little signs of Scott Hall and Razor Ramon in matches. You know, like his choke slam, mm -hmm. uh, his fallaway slam, and of course, depending on how you know it, the Razor's Edge or the Outsider's Edge. Mm -hmm. I was really, really hoping to see some stuff like that, and you know, because stuff like that pops the crowd. You know, for in in these you know, sad situations, give something happy out of it type deal. I, I told, you know, one of my favorite matches with, with Scott, you know, being the razor, Jeff, what's one of your favorites, Al? Um, honestly, and a lot of people give me crap for this one because it's not one of their favorite matches. However, uh, when I got back into wrestling back in around like, the early thousands, Scott Hall had returned with the NWO to WWE. Oh, no, I know. Okay. And one of my favorite matches, because I was so young and they were just two big superstars, 
was the WrestleMania match between Scott Hall and Stone Cold Steve Austin. For me, as a small, younger child at that time, these were two guys that were absolutely captivizing. You had Stone Cold Steve Austin, who was this heavy, drinking, redneck, (laughs) southern badass. And you had this guy who was easily the coolest wrestler that's ever laced up a pair of boots. There, no one oozes coolness like Razor Ramon, like Scott Hall. But that match served a purpose for me. Because while now looking back at it, match-wise it's not one of my favorites. But that match caused me to go back and look into more of the career of Scott Hall. Of more into the career of Razor Ramon. And seeing the stuff he did in WCW. Seeing the stuff he did as Razor Ramon in WWE. Scott Hall became a hero to me as a kid and that's why this is so hard for me because he was one of the guys that made me realize that wrestling can be really cool and there's a lot of guys that have taken a cool factor to their character that you would have never seen if it hadn't been for somebody like Razor Ramon if it hadn't been for someone like Razor Ramon's character you would have never had that heel uh, character of Batista with like the the flashy clothes and the glasses. You would have never had Edge being an absolute rock star. There's so many guys who his influence rubbed down on, and it's just it's really hard to believe he's gone, man. Well, and that's exactly what the Razor Ramon character was. He was cool. He was a bad guy, but he was the cool bad guy. It was almost kind of like what Stone Cold was. You know, it felt like an early version of that. Like, yeah, he had the mix of the Scarface, you know, thing going on. Mm -hmm. But, you know, when he did the Hey Yo, you know, and then when he was in WCW, with, you know, with survey time, did you come here to see WCW? Or did you come here to see the NWO? Survey says, one more for the bad guys. You know, loved it. Awesome stuff. Freaking amazing. And the man has accomplishments in wrestling that made him worthy of a two-time WWE Hall of Famer. As I brought up earlier, him being in a tag team with Kurt Henning. He's a one-time tag team champion with Kurt Henning. Sorry, fans, I'm a little uh, nasally, but uh, one-time AWA Tag Team Champion with Kurt Henning. You know, look at, you know, even TNA, Uh him and uh, Kevin Nash, World Tag Team Champions, you know, that's later in his career. WCW, one-time TV champion, two-time United States champion, a seven-time Tag team champion, six with Nash and one with the Giant. He also won World War Three, where he received a world title match against Sting. Ultimately, he, he lost, but he had it. And then, you know, WWF, four-time Intercontinental Champion and, and a two-time WWE Hall of Famer. He's a two-time Slammy Award winner also. Those are accomplishments in some of the biggest companies that you could wrestle for in the industry. Not to mention that Razor versus Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 10 was also voted as match of the year for that time period. 
he revolutionized the ladder match. I went on saying to this to you the other day. Uh, I've seen Sean Rossap say it as well on Twitter. I think they should bring back the WrestleMania Intercontinental Title ladder match. And I think from here on out, if we're going to start you know, doing these memorial matches to people, we haven't seen the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal in a while. Why don't we switch it out and do the Scott Hall Memorial ladder match? Yeah, that would be really, really cool to see, to be honest with you. I would love to see that. It'd be a good thing for the younger fans to be able to want to go look him up and see what this is all about and see why their dads or their uncles or cousins are upset by this death. You know, because the one thing WWE does not really do, and that's the history. Mm-hmm. I loved it when Matt Stryker was a commentator for WWE because he talked what was going on in the match but gave history lessons mm-hmm. about what was going on, you know, and we don't get that anymore. We don't, we don't get that in, in, uh, in commentary, which is a shame. And Kevin Nash, you know, when he made that post, it was sad to read and, and the realization had, had come to fruition that Scott was going to pass away. A lot of wrestlers, including Sean Waltman, who had tweeted about it, were upset with the fact that uh, fans were tweeting R.I.P. while he was still alive. And he even said, like, that's kind of weird. And, you know, and he understood that fans meant well, but the man was still alive but he's not here anymore. It's it's a really, really sad thing. This is a guy that I've watched since 1992 on television. That's 30 years of like following his career. And he's wrestled longer than that. Mm-hmm. I know that. But I've been following him seemingly for 30 years. Whether it's been, you know, his last matches were, I believe, in 2016. But appearances, meet and greets, Hall of Fame, you know, anytime they do like special videos and stuff like that, uh, look at like with Manny Mutati with the, the DVD, mm-hmm. you know, with the curtain call kid and, and all that stuff. Like all that plays a big factor you know, with, with things like that to me. He was just inducted last year. He was part of the 2020 class that got postponed but he was just inducted for the second time last year wwe 2k 20 just dropped with an nwo version of the game with a focus on obviously scott hall and the rest of the new world order it's very strange to think of how recently he was in our lives on our screens involved in our world of pro wrestling and now he's just gone yeah he's not here anymore and the first thing for me that is always noticed as a figure collector, and I, I have a lot of his figures signed, is the fact that everyone's on eBay and I'm seeing figures for 2500 1200 900 You know, the, the, the scalping on it now. Um, you knew it was going to happen. You know it, yeah, you know it's going to happen, but as a fan who appreciates... 
and respects the wrestler and not out for the quick buck, even promoters, you know, I've seen, you know, will post. But, you know, in, in that realm, there's a respect, you know, 30 days. And, and then you can, you know, go and, and sell the, the items or whatever. But Give everybody a chance to grieve. Yeah, and everybody grieves differently in, in those situations, too. Um, I was on the phone last night with an independent wrestler from Excite Wrestling who's going to uh, Dojo in New Zealand mm-hmm. in June, July. And we were on the phone for two hours over Scott Hall passing and just talking on the phone about it. And it was it was an eye-awakening experience because he was in a different grieving process than I was. He was already... Uh, I'm just trying to think of how to word this. He was already in a emotional state where I was more in like I'm still in shock I can't believe this has had like just happened type deal so it was like weird to see like and then like we would like come together into like the same spot uh-huh. at a certain point in the conversation in the grieving process so it was an eye-awakening experience being able to you know talk with a wrestler who's also a fan in this but we were at the showcase of Legends show in Albany when the news broke that he was had heart attacks and everything that was going on. And I mean, at this show, there was Bray Wyatt, Trish Stratus, Britt Baker. Just Incredible was there, part of the clique as well. If he found out while we were there, you'd have to imagine that that was a rough time for him. I actually do remember Justin kind of packing up and leaving a little early, so it's possible that that was related to that. Tori Wilson was there, Summer Rae, Tennille Dashwood, Scarlett Bordeaux, Rikishi, so many of the guys. Cardona and Myers were there. The NWA Women's Champion Camilla was there. There was a there was a lot of wrestlers there, and I, we kind of noticed that some of them did pack up and leave a little early while we were there. So one has to wonder if the news was starting to break to them as it was breaking to us while we were there. Yeah, and while we were there, the the show like stopped, and you noticed everybody, all the wrestlers and everything, like just right on their phones, uh, tweeting, and that's like where we saw a lot of. The, the everything coming out, all the wrestlers started to tweet, you know, kick out, you know, Chico and stuff like that. Really, really, it was, it was weird to see. You know, you're at a convention. There's ton. I mean, by there was tons and tons of fans standing around, and I remember because I was in line for for Wyatt, mm-hmm. and I just like looked around, and you could see. The wrestlers were just heads down with their phone, and it just seemed like everything just stopped at the show, mm-hmm. and even like the fans were on their phones, like, "Hey, what's going on?" Because you came over and told me while I was in line, and then it was like just a chain effect. It just you told every- everybody, and we basically 
kind of broke the news to all of our friends that were there at the convention and they told their friends and it just became this weird somber feeling in the building that yeah. it's just hard to explain it was it became a very eerie day yeah and it set the tone for the rest of the day and everybody you know was trying to be in in good spirits but it was kind of hard because a lot of these talents had worked with him or have met him and knew him in way more capacity than either you or I would have known him. Right. And it's funny because while we were at that show, you and I had the pleasure of doing a meet and greet with the Hardys later on in the night. And while Matt's kind of been noted in the past to be a little silent during meetings or signings because he's got a job to do, he's there to get stuff signed and go. Jeff is usually a little more personal with the fans when he does meet and greets and signings. Part of it had to do with the fact that they were trying to rush to get through uh, what seemed like a five-mile line that you and I just happened to be at the beginning of uh, to get through all of that before a wrestling show that they had later on in the night. But at the same time, Jeff was almost completely silent when he was doing these signings and these interviews. It's not like Jeff Hardy. And... I've got to believe that, obviously, the Hardy Boys already knew what was going on at that point, and they could have been struggling to get through that signing that we were at. Yeah, yeah, it definitely was not easy for the talents, but it also wasn't easy for the fans either. Mm-hmm. You know, we have, they they have their emotional ties and, and relationships with Scott, and we do too in a different form. It's just we have it more with the character mm-hmm. that we saw be portrayed on TV by him, whether it was Diamond Stud, his own himself, Razor Ramon. You know, it was that's what we became emotionally attached to. So everybody's mourning, and it's 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 different for everybody. And I'm kind of the guy who wants to try and remember the good things. You know, because there's a lot of bad things, but at a time like this, there's no need to want to remember those. You know, like, a, a prime example for me is when he was in WCW, his first run, 91-92, the stable with him, Scotty Flamingo, Kevin Nash, who, who was Vinny Vegas, mm-hmm. and uh, DDP had come in. Those are four great names that, you know, early in their careers, but all went on to do, like, big things. And I can't help but wonder, you know, how guys like Kevin Nash, Sean Waltman, Michaels, DDP, who saved Hall later in his life, Jake Roberts are all feeling, his family, you know, Cody, his son's a wrestler, you know, that's, it's, it's tough for everybody and it's tough for the fans too. We just feel it different. And you got to think about all the other wrestlers that grew up around them as kids as well. You've got sons of legends like Cody Rhodes, like Curtis Axel, like Bray Wyatt and Bo Dallas, who I, they all spent their time around all these legends when they were younger because of their parents working with them. And you've got to imagine almost, it's almost like a comparison to like a dear close uncle or father figure to a lot of these guys. I know Cody Rhodes and Brandy are grieving really hard right now. Brandy said something about it on Twitter recently. It's, it's just really, 
I know I said this already. It's really hard to believe this one, too, because this man had fought so much over the past 10 years to get his life back, to control his life again. And in that, let's not forget, if we're going to talk about the good of Scott Hall, we, we and Scott and the wrestling community owe a lot to DDP. Diamond Dallas Page has, with his DDP yoga programs, been saving wrestlers' lives now for years. Scott Hall was one of the first, and if he hadn't gone to Diamond Dallas Page and Diamond Dallas Page hadn't helped him, we, we might have lost Scott earlier than we did. He has saved the life of Jake the Snake Roberts. He currently has Buff Bagwell living in his home. He cares about these guys, and we owe thanks to him too, but it's just it's heartbreaking because you watched this guy literally who was arguably you could all everybody could all agree he was at his absolutely rock bottom more rock bottom than anybody else could be when you think of a wrestler yeah and he came back he fought through it he did the ddp yoga he listened to diamond dallas page and he took his life back and he became a two-time hall of famer after that happened just for this to happen. Yeah, you know. Um, it's life, unfortunately. Yeah, it, it is life. It's just... You wouldn't think this is how it was going to happen for him. No. It, it, and, and the other thing is, like, we're older. And like I said, I've been watching him since 92 on TV. And... You know, that was 92. He was just coming out of WCW. And it was my grandfather who introduced me to WCW. And I didn't know who the guys were. I remember that stable. You know, and, you know, he comes into WWF with the the Scarface like, Hey, yo, you know, the bad guy. And all that. And it was it was great. It was awesome. And you were like, whoa, who is this guy? And, and, you know, and he, he was coming out, the the clothing, you know, and it was just, it was perfect. And his ring gear was awesome. And, and the one thing that'll never be taken away that will go down in history, any time WWF Raw or WWE Raw as it is now is talked about or they have any sort of this anniversary show, this many episodes show, the first in-ring segment was Vincent Kennedy McMahon interviewing the bad guy, Razor Ramon. Razor Ramon started Monday Night Raw. And Razor Ramon made it cool to cheer a bad guy. That's a very common thing that we see a lot now these days with the internet wrestling community where heels in this day and age are so good at what they do that fans start cheering them. Razor started that. He made it cool to be the bad guy. He made it cool to get cheered as the bad guy. He took that aura and he brought it to the NWO and the NWO became the bad guys that were cool to cheer. And that's where a lot of that started. You didn't see a lot of heels get cheered back in the day, but Razor was just... So damn cool that you couldn't help but cheer for him. Yeah. You... He was that era Stone Cold Steve Austin. Definitely. Hands down. down. And when he started working with Waltman as the 1-2-3 kid, 
you can't help but not remember the diaper match. Oh, <laughs> uh, God. And you remember how that match went? That's one of the few I don't, so actually clue me in. Okay, so this was at a point where I believe the one, two, three kid, Sean Waltman, uh, becomes a bad guy. Okay. And I don't remember what or why or what year it was, to be honest with you. But I remember I remember the match, and I remember what happens after. So I'm pretty sure it was it was Waltman that that turned, and they decided to have a diaper match, and it was really just making fun of one two three kid because he looks so young, mm-hmm. and he was young at the time. Long story short, he gets the razor's edge. Razor, diapers on baby powder, the works. And there's one, two, three kid in the ring, flopping like a child. Like uh, me, who doesn't have the most recent WWE elites in his Walmart, so flops on the ground and cries like a child. (laughs) Um, You know, so that's what it was. And it was... The only match WWF has ever done like that, and that's why like it sticks out to me, and I remember it. Uh, you know, there there's other moments obviously that will forever be embedded when it comes to Razor Ramon, like the incident at Madison Square Garden where the Click all come out together, even though they're good guys, bad guys, and say their goodbyes in the steel cage. You know, obviously. Sean and Hunter got in trouble for that, but Diesel and Razor were on their way out because they were going to WCW to create more history. That's never happened in professional wrestling before. And that's one of the biggest stables, and if not the best stable of all time, the New World Order. So imagine what would have happened if Vince would have been able to afford to keep Diesel and Razor there. There's a lot of things in wrestling we would have not seen or have had. The NWO, maybe DX. You might not have had the Attitude Era. You know... Bullet Club might not be a thing. The Elite might not be a thing. WCW could have taken WWE. You know, all those things play a factor. So him leaving, if he never left, that whole era could have been completely different than what we have. It would have affected the entire industry. Yeah. Exactly. You know, like I said, WCW could have overtaken WWF. It could, it could have happened. You know, and, and there were things in his career that some people don't even remember also. Like, let's not forget Scott Hall was an ECW. That he was. Uh, he, I think he only wrestled one match but he was he he was part of it oh he had a couple matches actually i'm sorry i'm being corrected he had a couple matches in ecw but it was it was it was a short time you know and then we see him back in wwe after that in 2002 with a very poorly reformed nwo but no matter what, nothing can be taken away from this man's career. 
there's very few two-time WWE Hall of Famers, and he's fortunate enough to be one of them. Absolutely. He's in the conversation with the likes of Ric Flair and Bret Hart and Booker T and so many others. Hulk Hogan. There's there's a lot of them. And there, I mean, not a lot of them. There's, there's a lot of his peers in that small group. Yeah, and, you know... I, other things that he played in history was Bill Goldberg's first defeat in WCW with Kevin Nash. The taser. The taser. The cow prod, or whatever they called it. Mm-hmm. Ugh. So he, he, he played his part. He, he, he will forever be in the wrestling books of uh, in history, championship legacies, all sorts of things, Hall of Fames. We haven't had a pro wrestling death shock us to this extent in a long time, and that's no disrespect to any wrestlers that have passed recently. I think the only one that's close that you could really possibly compare this to is Brody Lee. Yeah, that would yeah, it would be that one. Mm-hmm. This one hits me different though, just because, because this is somebody longevity. I, the longevity of his career and how long I followed it. Right. You know, if we're talking that extent, I don't think we've—I don't think the pro wrestling community has been rocked this hard by a death since the death of Eddie Guerrero. Yeah, and I mean, and you can—you can go on social media on Twitter and see just how much Scott Hall was loved by the fans and his own peers in the industry. It really, really shows. We do have a post up on our Facebook. I screenshotted a lot of them, mm-hmm. and I'm even talking from New Japan Pro Wrestling, Impact, AEW, in various, various... Uh, MLW, NWA, they all posted yep. as well. And, and, and other various wrestlers that I had screenshotted and put on there for you guys to read. Fans, normally we plug our social media after 70 episodes. I think you guys know it by now. Scott Hall... Send us off. In my lifetime, I've learned. Hard work pays off. Dreams come true. Bad times don't last. But bad guys do. (laughs) 